0: This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to PlanetsidePodcasts.com.
1: Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast@gmail.com gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at SayThisCast and go to saythiscast.com if you want to hear previous episodes. Hello, party podcast people. My name is Nicole, and I'm joined here today by my co-host, Genre. Hello. Okay.
0: I don't, I don't know. I tried different things. Yeah. I...
1: <laughs> we keep it fresh around here. <laughs> we do. Uh, anyways, on to the anatomy of a Kickstarter. Oh. On Kickstarter, to um, solicit the public for money for a project, you post a description of that project on Kickstarter. It's basically a pitch. Uh, accompanied by some sort of video. Most Kickstarters that make money get video. Uh, it's not a strict requirement, but it, almost all funded projects have one. Then you come up with a set of rewards for different pledge levels. You set a funding goal and a time frame for your project. Kickstarter staff approve that project and maybe give you some feedback and then your project goes live. If you don't hit your funding goal in that timeframe, you don't get anything. Kickstarter then takes 5% of the final take, and the company is off to the races. Ignoring bad-faith actors who misuse Kickstarter knowingly, the folks take the money and they go and make a project. This crowdfunding form means anybody can raise funds, even if it's just to have a potato salad party. If people are willing (laughs) to pay for it, you can be funded. The project is then completed, and people get their Kickstarter rewards, oftentimes the end project at a slightly reduced price, But if that... And that's a fine process, and I'm happy when it goes to plan. I was a donor on some Kickstarters long ago, and most of them did happen. I got a Pebble, which I love and miss, a few games, etc. But, as we all know, Kickstarters don't always go perfectly well. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, I've gotten this far into this episode, a couple of minutes, I think, and I need to come clean to you about something. Uh Oh. I really fucking hate Kickstarter. (laughs) (laughs) i think that it is a stupid and dumb way to raise money for projects that leaves donors with a lot of risk and really about zero upside or oversight for them and for the people who are taking that money i mean perfect you get the money and you don't have to do near anything that you would have to do if you were looking for a formal investor but Therein lies the problem. Kickstarter is a fundamentally flawed system. When you look at it, the average Kickstarter page contains only a couple of things. That flashy feature video, a cool quippy description of the finished product, and some cute photos of the people employed at the company. Maybe even concept art. But very infrequently, will they have even demos for games, and even less so for other projects, will they ever have anything tangible for donors? They'll maybe have some stretch goals, and then maybe they'll have a super simple breakdown of where that money goes, but not usually. And you'll note from that description that there's not a lot of substance there, is there? If you were an investor on Shark Tank or some shit, and some dude walked in there with their big chungus idea and asked for $100,000 and said, Yeah, Here is how I'll allocate the money. You might ask them, and why do you think that manufacturing only costs $25,000? And then they'd need to explain their thinking, and you can evaluate if that sounded right or do some research to corroborate that claim. On Kickstarter, the source is LL Trust Me, Bro. And that shit sucks. And that's because when you get money to a Kickstarter, it's called becoming a Backer, but really, you're giving a no strings attached donation. Let's not fuck around here. Yeah. Um, when projects go wrong, people have a tendency to believe that this is the result of bad people funding projects they never had the intention of completing. And while I believe that this has happened before, um, I don't think that it's what happens most of the time. Much more often, a really passionate product person will raise money for a project that they think is good and it will be a good idea. And then they'll do it and it'll be the simple mismanagement of money that leads to the end of the project. They'll say, I think that this will cost this much. And they realize that it's double that. Or maybe it takes longer than they thought all the time it takes longer than they thought. <laughs> Let's be real. Um and sometimes these fuckers will allocate like $5,000 towards something that costs like 5,000 because they're inexperienced or there's some manner of disconnect. And you as a potential donor have no access to that thought process. Where this is a problem for like donors on Kickstarter, it really wouldn't be a problem to a proper investor. Investors have a certain assurances that if something isn't profitable, they have some sort of recourse. For instance, if I say I'm going to make shoes and they're going to be made in Italy and each stitch on the sole will be made by like an Italian child's hands and then <laughs> I manufacture that shit in like mass manufacturing in China with with machines, an investor could fuck with my life because I lied to them directly. On Kickstarter, that's just kind of par for the course. <laughs> Similarly, if an investor is wise enough or they don't have much faith in a project, they can structure an investment so that no matter how the project goes, they're guaranteed a percentage or all of their money back. You see this a lot on Shark Tank because those projects are half-baked at best usually. They'll say, yeah, I'll invest, uh, let's just use a round number, $10,000, and you can pay me back at this percent interest until i get my money back and then we can move to some other more reasonable arrangement this is something that exists for investors and if they see shit going south they can take their money and they can go somewhere else kickstarters are kind of an unknown quantity you never know where the money goes you can't get your money out and in most case you have zero control over the end project if midway through the development of a video game a team decides that their open-world tactics game with Pokemon elements and Big Titty Anime Girls is too ambitious, <laughs> uh, they can decide to make a Pac-Man 3.69 and their donors have zero recourse. At the end of that project, if your reward was just to get, like, you know, your Big Titty Anime Girl game, I mean, now you get Pac-Man 3.69 and that's that. Their reputations might be ruined, but reputations are easily salvaged on the internet. And you can't get your fucking money back. That's a whole thing on Kickstarter. They don't, that's not one of the things that you're entitled to as a donor. Or say you donate to a game called Ooplets. Just for example, I mean, there's no game called Ooplets. And you want to play that game on Steam. And then Ooplets decides that they're going to uh, sign an exclusivity deal with Epic. Because they want to make more money for development costs. Because they underestimated the money that development takes. You can really go fuck yourself for all they care and the law and Kickstarter the platform. And when the only return that you're looking for out of your investments was playing Ublitz on Steam, this is a pretty big hit for an individual donor. I mean, a lot of people don't want to play on Epic, right? Well, you can go fuck yourself in the eyes of everybody involved. <laughs> it's a pretty raw deal.
0: I was just checking uh, my Kickstarter, just uh, just curious, and... There is a uh I I I I backed a game that was that was backed in like twenty sixteen. Yeah. I think. Um, and they 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 still it's still coming, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they have to, like people people on Kickstarter have no obligation to actually give updates on their process like you can like there are some kickstars that you don't see, hear anything about them and then one day they're finished or one day they're they just return the money or something you don't have to give, give product absolutely
1: updates. and they don't have to return your money by the way um they can just pretend like it's in no. development forever it's not or like even if they end development yeah, and they say true. like we can't do anything lol like you're Your reputation takes a hit but like flat out in the eyes of Kickstarter you don't need to give that money back Um, I always think about this one game called Project Phoenix that I backed way back when I was like a teenager which is another problem you can back shit as a teenager (laughs) but I backed that game and all they had was some uh, art and they said everybody involved in this project has a lot of experience they worked on Final Fantasy Uh, look at all these talented people wow 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 I think that, like, I was a teenager, and I'm 26 now, so you can do the math there. And I wasn't, like, an older teenager either. Um, that game's not out, and the guy who's behind that game, the company, has made, like, two other games. And from all indications, all the money from that game went into those other shit-ass games, and they weren't even good. <laughs> so. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: That I'm never getting my
1: $15 back, which I don't care about, but it's more of the thought that <laughs> counts. Uh, and I know that there are people who made more substantial donations um, and also weren't shit-ass 15-year-old kids or something. And that game still isn't out, and the guy who made two other games, and he said, if these games don't well, I'll never finish Project Phoenix. So that's the type of shit that you can expect sometimes. And I like a lot of people think that he's like a huckster oh who never intended on finishing the game. Um... I prefer to be um, charitable. I just think he's an idiot who didn't know what he was doing and had a really shaky plan and it didn't go anywhere. But that's my problem, is that like I can't see my money back. And I know for a fact that people donated larger sums than like $15, which was the planned price of the game at the end of it. Games are really disappointing when they come out on Steam or when they are on Kickstarter. Because a lot of the times, when you look at the uh, idea for a game, Uh, before development happens, they're way cooler than they are after development, which is part of why I hate hype. I (laughs) mean, Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) Um, But that's just kind of the problem. And uh, ideas are way better than final results. And when you're backing a Kickstarter, you're not really backing a business plan or a project that you can see. There are no prototypes. You're backing an idea. Everything that comes between there is fucking pixie dust and that's not a good look one of the things that bothers me about kickstarter specifically is how a lot of the times the narrative will be yeah uh, we had to turn to kickstarter because we did a round of investing and the big guys were trying to shoot us down because they wouldn't let us make our game and they were just the big guy getting in the way of innovation our idea is just too cool and and unique for um, these traditional investors let me tell you a secret, y'all. Oh! A lot of the times, these kids show up. They have a business plan. Their business plan sucks ass. They haven't made a cent of money, and they have no plans of doing so. It's just imagine the most pathetic pitch on Shark Tank, and then they they get a- ass pain that it didn't work out when they went to real people who have vetting procedures and they couldn't make their disclosures or they weren't prepared and then they go straight to Kickstarter because they know that they don't have to provide any of that shit. And then they get funded cuz the idea is great. It's just they're not the right person to take that through to the conclusion.
0: I love it when uh, people want to actually make an actual product like a physical thing, right? back to I back to Kickstarter like years and years ago for a for a, an add-on device for a phone.
1: Was it the membrane for buttons?
0: No, it was. Um, okay, so it was a like I, w- I had an Android phone at the time that didn't accept uh, expandable oh. memory, and there was this thing that you could plug into the phone, like this little this uh this case that you could put the phone in, and you would have a slot for expandable oh, memory. Wow. So it would. So it was a really mm-hmm. good idea, and I was super into it. So I backed it, and. Throughout the process, people were like, What is happening? What is happening? And like, part of it, like, he was in Australia and it was during like the flooding, mm-hmm. like years ago, yeah. if you remember that. So that was part of it. So we were like, Okay. But then we, like, someone dug up a picture of this dude with like a, a sweet new car. And people are like, What the hell is this? He's like, It's a gift from my parents. It's like, Okay. But he didn't, but the real thing is, he didn't actually do the legwork well for, uh, manufacturing costs and supply uh, supply chains and uh resources and raw raw materials and all of this stuff it was always it's more expensive more expensive more expensive and that's that's one of the things like people just don't do the research before going yeah. on kickstarter it's, I mean, if you're making a game, then that is going to be resources in manpower and
1: it's probably and, just going to take longer uh, than you thought, you know, and you're going to run into money troubles. So that's fairly reasonable. But like if it's like Pebble or something, exactly like Pebble failed. Um, and it wasn't because Pebble watches were bad, they had a really, really, really well established niche. It just wasn't a big enough one. Like people don't care about wearables so, and they had competition with like <laughs> they were competing with like yeah. the Apple watch. And it's just, like, they couldn't they couldn't do it. There wasn't enough money. Um, Fitbit made them an offer, and they had to yeah. take it because they just couldn't carve out enough of a niche for, like, this weird e-paper watch. It doesn't mean the idea was bad. It's just, like, nobody backed that shit because it's it, it didn't have any longevity. Um,
0: it's like only three people really, really wanted it. It was actually the <laughs> uh,
1: highest-funded Kickstarter of all time, their first one. People loved the idea. It just, um... Pebble worked out. I got two great watches. Yeah. It just didn't have what it took to keep going because there was just... If you have, like, an idea and then you make a... I mean, this is getting into more economic theory, I guess, but if you have a really good idea and you have, like, a market, it's really nice to have a niche market, but that has to be enough to sustain you. You can't keep doing larger projects if you're, like, courting the same audience over and over again. If you sell people a watch um, that works longer than like your development cycle you've run into (laughs) your first problem and then your second problem is just your market isn't large enough for what you're trying to do simply being a launch company isn't enough so so pebble just pigeonholed themselves to the point that they couldn't do anything and they had to go under which is unfortunate in retrospect if anybody with a brain was looking at this they would have said like yeah that's the problem that's why nobody invested in fucking pebble (laughs) <laughs> nobody cares about wearables like what the fuck that's why pebbles last funding around yeah. was trying to get into fitness trackers but you know if you aren't fitbit go fuck yourself you know <laughs> yeah
0: if you're not fitbit go fuck like, yourself if you're
1: not fitbit in the wearables <laughs> world or like apple like you just fucked it's just it's a thing um <laughs> That's why Google acquired Fitbit, which is oh, another story. Anyways, we're way we're way off it. Um
0: I just want to mention like a like, you know, some kickstarters do work yeah. out because you Yeah, know,
1: I don't there that's, are some that's all. there are some good <laughs> kickstarters. So what I want to be really clear about is that there are some good kickstarters and I think that it's important to talk about that. So my problem with Kickstarters is you back a project and the project comes out and then you get whatever the end product was, which is just a preorder right. on an idea that may or may not even happen. And you're usually working with people who aren't tested. So, you know, the ceiling of what you can get out of backing a Kickstarter is a thing that you would have purchased either fucking way, you know, and the worst that you can get. Right is losing your money on some bullshit knowing that some guy's gallivanting with the million dollars he took from people poorer than him in order to like you know buy a fucking bugatti or some shit i mean like you know (laughs) the 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 top of what you can expect is really minimal and the bottom just goes into straight to hell so that's my problem. There are Kickstarters <laughs> that go well. For instance, I backed a Kickstarter from Iron Circus. I believe is the name of the comic book uh, store. It's run by a black woman because she runs all of her projects off of Kickstarter, and she's completed every single one for years. <laughs> so, and also, I know the IP and I care about it. So I'm fine. She's she's well tested. <laughs> um, so, and it's it's also a comic. Yeah. So like she. Owns a comic book distributor. So she has a mind for the business. She already worked out the distribution right. shit and the manpower costs, and she has a really good grip on that. So I'm comfortable, you know, it's like 10 bucks. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna, it's just pre ordering a comic. um But sometimes when the amounts get larger, it gets really weird. And also, here is my general thing and might be, um, what i what i want to say um so i think that a lot of the time socialists and people who are left-wing and just like you know good people in general um think a lot about you know how to be the best people they can and how to be like really really accommodating and how to like be giving and these are all really important things but also we live under capitalism and as long as we live under capitalism, I think that it would behoove us to understand something about its machination, or machinations. So one of the things that you should never do is give money up front for something if you're not giving getting any value out of that or utility. So just to bring this full circle to my problem with um, pre-orders as a concept. So in the early days of uh, video games, like, you know, pre-xbox 360 which isn't early but you know like earlier than now yeah I
0: mean, video games is it's, a, a very it's a young, young industry. industry like we i'm said saying before be- so yeah. the early days you know before you could download yeah. stuff I'm before assuming. you could
1: download stuff when pre-orders were just getting popping the reason why you would pre-order a game is so you go to the store after school or, or work or whatever and you knew that that shit would be there because if you didn't you know they had a certain amount and if it was a popular game they'd sell out or if it wasn't a popular game, they just wouldn't get a copy. <laughs> like, So <laughs> exactly. you would need to pre-order the game. Were, you paid them up front and you got some utility. You knew that that game would be there for you. But as soon as video games and just e-commerce became a huge thing, you go online, you order your thing, you know that you're going to get it. Or, you know, if I want to make sure, absolutely positively sure, that I get a video game, I can just order that shit off of the retailer's website and I can get it on my console, like, snap of my fingers. Maybe a couple of hours for the download, but I know that it's going to be there because the supply is limitless. Um, they're not going to run out of digital copies of Persona 5 Strikers. <laughs> so why would I pre-order that shit? You don't get any utility other than <laughs> the game that you could have bought at the time. Sometimes you get a small uh, discount, yeah. but my problem is that people will fucking pre-order shit Years in advance, or a year in advance. And as soon as you do that, you give your money away, and you get nothing out of it. And guess what the developer is doing with your money? They're making money off of your money. And if you kept your money, you could be making money off of your money. Even if it was just sitting in your bank account, accruing like 0.1 cents (sighs) in
0: interest.
1: You could be making that fucking money! (laughs) So keep your money! Nick. What?
0: Nick. You just found another way to talk about Cyberpunk 2077, um, didn't you? I'm
1: not even just talking about Cyberpunk 2077. I'm talking about
0: absolutely- I know, but you're so addicted about talking I know, about but I'm it.
1: talking about every video game in existence. I'm like talking about like, I'm mostly talking about games that get um, pushed back after release, like, I'm thinking about Cyberpunk. I'm thinking about Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm Duke thinking Newcomb. about fucking Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, shit that gets announced in, like, 2017. 20- They're like, it's going to release for sure, bro. Yeah. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> they push that shit back for years. And, like, you've already given them your money. So you're kind of fucked. And usually they don't give your money back. if they. It's, like, a nice thing to do. And it could hurt their reputation if they mm-hmm. don't. But again... Reputations don't mean shit. You can build that shit up. Or people are so, their brains are so gnawed down by time and capitalism that they really don't care what you do to them as consumers. They'll just buy product, head completely empty, happy to consume, which I know kind of sounds edgy, but it's the truth. So I fucking hate right. Kickstarter. I fucking hate pre orders. And I just want to tell everybody be careful with your money. Keep your money, pay things that you need to pay for on time, but don't give it early because that's your fucking money and you should be looking for every opportunity to make money with your money um, and not give it to somebody else to do the same thing that you would have done but for them. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also kickstarter right. oh like here's the worst fucking part <laughs> Kickstarter sometimes oh. will be like yeah i'm going to go the indie route and crowdfund my thing because the big bad corporations are too are too stringent for us and we just want to do it the right way and we want to involve the community in our project blah, 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 blah six months later when that shit doesn't go right and they say oh god it's gonna cost double triple what we fucking thought they'll take corporate fucking money anyway so they do a seed round of funding and they're-, <laughs> and they're back to the same thing you wanted to avoid and there's nothing <laughs> that you can do so um i feel like companies that Uh, do kickstarters should be on the hook to be proper fucking stewards of their backers money and be held accountable to pay it back if they don't complete the product as advertised and also there should be more robust financial disclosures made to potential backers most people won't read that shit but some people will and they will stay the fuck away when people look clearly out of their depth so that's the that's actually what i got okay (laughs) that's the important
0: part There is one thing that we're not going to, we don't have to go into just putting it out there that uh, like, there are a lot of places that do Kickstarters and uh, just as a proof of concept for, for funding, like we're going to do a Kickstarter and they're only doing it because then they can go to a, a publisher or an actual investor and say, look at all the people that are interested And they can do that just, and they can just take your money. It's, it's they're like getting, They're getting
1: paid for a survey which you could have gotten paid for if they did it the traditional way. It's just, Kickstarter just like... Exactly. It, let, let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the real fucking truth of it. Uh, in, investing right. in fucking <laughs> Kickstarter is some real cuck shit. You're getting cucked every single fucking time. I swear to God. I, I just said that I'm okay with getting cucked like uh, by donating for like that one comic uh, uh, but like at least i know what's happening i feel like a lot of people think that they're like bucking the bit the, the big guy and they're like investing in these projects because like they couldn't secure funding or whatever they're helping somebody follow their fucking dream no nah, you're getting fucking cucked dude like just oh god yeah just be careful if you like getting cooked then you know what go with god if you like getting you know? cooked, go with god or like hit up a dungeon <laughs> yeah. i don't know man there are you pay it yeah. pay an online dom uh, only fans only <laughs> fans exist fuck me man just i, I don't know be careful y'all <laughs> evidence-based radio a weekly science and skepticism show from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Email questions or requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. You can listen online on your favorite podcatcher or at evidencebasedirada.com. Evidence-Based Radio is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network.
0: Time for some happy thoughts. Happy, happy, happy. Are you ready, Nicole? So happy. What is happy with your happy today? Okay. Happy. So, um. I don't know. It, 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 that was a little much. I'm in but, a hey, story,
1: So, come with me on a journey. Um, it is the year. I don't remember what fucking year it is, but um, uh, PS3, <laughs> the PS3, the PS3, the latest and greatest console. So, like, just I think maybe like 2015. This game called Atelier uh, right. Tutori comes out. Um, and I sit down and I play it and um it's really fun you play a little like alchemist girl who's like trying to become like a really nice alchemist and like you know find her mom and it's cute um and there's this fucking atrocious time limit that fucking destroys my soul because every time i walk (laughs) somewhere or like accidentally pick a goddamn plant that i wasn't supposed to i fail my monthly requirement to like make things for the goddamn kingdom and i have to start all over from the fucking first month and it makes me want to die um but i have a really good time and it's very cuteness that i can have a lot of good memories um,
0: and that's how i fall in
1: love with the atelier series a couple of a couple of years mm-hmm. later i play atelier Meruru, which same experience and i suddenly remember oh my god i've been playing this game way longer than i thought because i remember and i've been playing and i played this game called Manakema back in the ps2 days which was from this very same series from that very moment i said hmm I'm going to follow the Atelier series, but I also had this uh this thought, hmm, I fucking hate the time limit. I don't want to play these games anymore. It hurts my feelings, <laughs> motherfucker. Damn. Uh, so I don't. Three more Atelier games come out. They come in uh, trilogies, and the trilogies are re- re- usually really good. Um, and this trilogy is the um, Dusk series. And it looks nice, but I don't play them because I don't want to be fucking murdered by a time limit. And then it gets to the next trilogy, which I think is the Mysterious trilogy. Anyways, I play that, and it's really good. So, you know, but the, mm-hmm. the Atelier series is about 20-something years old, and it's getting kind of stale, and everybody knows it. The writing's on the wall and they say hmm, we need to modernize this shit <laughs> so then no, no. so then they come oh, out with no. a game called um atelier lelua uh, and that's a fucking amazing because it is the first it is a game that it oh i forgot to say um the mysterious series doesn't have the time limit it's just cute girls i mean cute as in like puppy dogs they're children <laughs> adorable
0: thank you for thank you for uh for dis- distinguishing that that's and that's also important. sapphic
1: vibes <laughs> um separate separate Ooh. it's complicated okay um oh god right i'm sweating <laughs> Uh, but anyways, um the mysterious series is <laughs> really is really good <laughs> um and there are sapphic vibes, and it's cute, and we get to atelier Lulua um Lulua is a installment of the old uh arlen series, which is the one that I was talking about in the first place with uh Tatori, so it is the fourth game in the series, and that is no shit. Like, probably not one of my favorite games, because I know that it's, like, flawed in certain ways, and it's a little bit archaic. But I just love it very much, and I care a lot about the characters. They're very sweet. And that's, like, probably the most fun that I've had. And it also starts to have little notes of moving the series forward for the first time in a lot of fucking years. So then right after that, this game called Atelier Riza comes out. And it is a fucking banger. It takes the entire Atelier series. It turns it on its head. Um, it goes from turn-based combat to real-time action combat. It's super fun. There's a lot of different nuances to the exploration, which is great. And the uh, synthesis uh, mechanic is upgraded into a way that like really allows you to go as far as your imagination will take it. Well... Last month or the month before, I can't remember, uh, the uh, next game in that series, Atelier Riza 2, came out and I started playing that and it took everything that Riza did and it like amped it up to the nth degree. And it is the Atelier game that I always wish that I was playing even from when I was, like, a little child, even before I knew what the Atelier series really was because they called it Manakema, and I did not know that it was part of that series because it's a stupid fucking name for a game that is part of a well-established series. So anyways, um, Atelier Reza 2 is making me happy, <laughs> but also just how much the um, series has evolved and changed over the years, and the fact that I was so lucky as to grow up with it in such a kind of, like, whimsical way very stop and start um but i've always had a great deal of affection for it and i think that everybody should start playing it if you're going to start just play ryza or the mysterious um ones if you like pain totori's great um or rorona <laughs> that's what i got what's making you happy genre if you like pain
0: if you if you like pain try this pain but make it cute so my thing is it's kind of melancholy. Uh so um I used to play this game called um Artemis Spaceship Bridge Simulator. I used to play it all the time. I was part of a a role-playing group called the Terran Stellar Navy. And basically we all would play this game and the game is basically you you it's a collaborative game. You all have different jobs on a starship and you have to share information and talk to each other. Uh, someone flies the ship, and whoever's flying the ship doesn't uh can't fire the weapons, so they have to tell the weapons person what to do and It's really fun um I always really loved it uh the The role play was getting a whole bunch of people together and actually having ranks and actually having training and and uh um, like it was really involved I wasn't able to uh play it after a while because of my like physical like health. Uh but all the people there are like really, really great. And there's this one guy, uh the only name I know him by is Aramod. He, he was a commander. He uh captained a, a ship called the Horizon. And he's just a generally good guy. And like I was thinking about because he like you, you meet like a generally good person and it's kind of rare and special when you meet people like that um airmund uh passed away a, a few weeks ago uh and it really hit the community hard uh because it's just like i just got a message out of the blue from from a friend that uh also used to play and it's like you know air er- passed away and i'm like what and apparently he just nope we don't know what happened he like uh someone called a a wellness check on his house and he was just gone when when people got there uh so it was really shocking it was really and everybody was talking about how we can honor him in the game or like because he was really really integral in running it um and uh me and another guy that used to do like audio work for for the game said well let's put together a a tribute to him so uh we talked to all the people of the game that were still around we like to to give us um recordings like anecdotes or funny stories things like that uh we made up like little skits about what about him and his character in the game and uh a couple people even found sound clips because they they used to stream the game so they would they went back into their vods and, and into their YouTube and they found uh clips of him like in funny situations it was really really cool so we put all of that together and uh even I even got like a, a few people to do a to sing a few parts of this song, The Parting Glass, uh, which uh, which he really liked. And we put all that together and uh we played it during the, the duty shift and everybody really, really liked it. Um and we all thought it was a really good send off. So that was something that I've been working on for the past couple weeks. Uh and you know, like when you're when you're making something like that, you have to listen to it over and over and over again and make sure that everything sounds good, make sure the leveling's good and everything like that. And uh, he, I had to, you know, listen to people talking about him over and over again and hear his voice over and over again. Um, and it was hard, but it also, being able to do that made me really glad because I was it was some way that I could really put to people like here is a good person and we should value the good people in our lives so long story short too late um it was it was really fun and I if you go to com, there's a link for the fleet news service and that's where uh, the project uh, went so if you want to uh, hear that then just go to Go there and you can hear it. Uh I'll drink to that so, and your friend. Yeah. That's, yeah, definitely. And <laughs> one of the things that he did in the game is like he was always going to the bar for some ale. So good
1: Good call right, on that.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that was it, it's it's sad, but it's also it also makes me really happy to be able to do that. And it made everybody happy to to hear all the dumb things that he used to <laughs> say. <laughs> so um, some of that. Thank you so much for listening to I should have to say this. Uh, we will have a Kickstarter starting up in <laughs> a little bit. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grifter. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we grift. Oh my god, we're just about to say okay. So thank you for listening to us. Should have to say this if you want to learn more about uh, today's topic. You can check out. Y- there's our not really any links. You just <laughs> yeah, you can check out our Kickstarter for uh, potato salad. Just one bowl. Um, we need help. Twenty-five thousand uh, dollars. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> For reals, though, um, if you have any thoughts or opinions or comments or anything like that, we want to hear from you. You can email us, saythiscast at gmail.com. You can uh, twit, twit, twit at us? What? Tweet at us at saythiscast um, or send us a DM. You can go to saythiscast.com and listen to past episodes there. You're going to find links of how to subscribe to the podcast if you're just listening on the website. If you would like to support the show, here's where the gift comes in. We have a page. Patreon. It's different than Kickstarter because you just want to support what we're doing. We're already uh, producing stuff for you. So go to patreon.com slash say this cast. And if you go to different levels, you can hear the episode a day early. And we actually started making uh, little episodes just for patrons. So... Uh, if you want to hear those, and it, the first one's really good, um, <laughs> <laughs> then you can uh, you can go and be a patron and support the show. If you just want to um, throw us a little cash just to help us with expenses, then uh, you can go to Coffee. K-o-fi.com slash say this cast. Uh and you can help us out with that because we actually, if you're what if you're listening right now, look at the art, it is super new. We got our friend Moosh to uh make us little little characters. Yay! people think you
1: can follow him at simmons (laughs) d22 on twitter
0: that's right um this will be in the links simmons d22 on twitter and uh he streams (laughs) well he streams too on on the twitch so uh that, that would be the legend of moosh 21 uh on on twitch Nicole, where can we find you online?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Traits. That's threes in the number or on Twitch of that same name. Um, I do stream, but um, not for a little bit. My computer exploded. Um, I'm getting <laughs> some parts in. It's a whole thing. Um, but whole thing. I'll be back probably in March. So you fucking be ready. <laughs>
0: And that's a threat. I was gonna say, like, look at this thing I'm doing. I'm like, you better be ready. <laughs> we will. I will find you. I will fuck you up <laughs>
1: with good content. So come on by. <laughs>
0: Anyway, my uh, Twitter is at PressStartLock and my Twitch is Press Start more Lock. Um, If you want to come by on Fridays at 3 p.m., we do a political chat. If you like this show, you like that show. It'll be really great. So all of the music we have is by Mustin, M-U-S-T-I-N. If you want to hear more or purchase some of that music, you can go to store.mustinenterprises.com. The art that we have is uh, by by our friend, uh, Sarah Vaughn and by Moosh and the links to Moosh will be, like I said, in the description. Uh, Vaughn just, you know, wanted us to say thanks. So there you go. Um, (laughs) I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planicide Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planicidepodcasts.com.
1: I just really yeah. hate how kickstarters are posed as this thing where you're becoming a donor and you're going to be part of the process and it's like really you just have like zero recourse over anything that happens it's just it feels bad in every way possible except for the way that like maybe a cool thing exists at some point but it's like there are a thousand ways that it could exist <laughs> without like tricking a bunch of people into thinking they're yeah. like Doing something cool by like giving you money that you may or may not it's use well. Like,
0: it's electronic hustling. It's like they're they're hucksters. It's it's, huck, it's real, <laughs> huckster on, real huckster shit, unironically.
1: Real huckster shit.